This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 9.19, Monday the 6th of March, and of course you're listening to The Morning Run. Now, quick update on F- on the FBM KLCI. Still in the green at this moment, it is up 0.3% to 1,458 points. Meanwhile, we'll just look at the broader performance on a year-to-date basis. Pretty disappointing because it's still down 2.5% negative, 2.5%. But of course, this has been in line with other regional markets due to the strong and resilient data coming out from the US, which has pushed the terminal Fed fund rate forecast to 5.6%. The euphoria from China's reopening story has also somewhat fizzled out as concerns arise on the sustainability of its growth. The retabling of Budget 2023 recently, with a record $388.1 billion allocation and higher development expenditure, has also failed to excite the market. This also coincides with the conclusion of the fourth quarter 2022 reporting period as investors assess the outlook and guidance given for 2023. So then, how should investors be thinking about their portfolio? portfolio this year and which stocks should they be focusing on? For answers, we speak to Anand Padmakadhan. He is the Regional Head of Research at Maybank Investment Bank. Good morning, Anand. Always good to speak to you. Now, a check-in. How did companies under your coverage perform for the last quarter of uh, 2022? And which sectors actually did you observe perform better and saw earning upgrades? And of course, vice versa. Hey, hi, morning, guys. Uh, so it was a pretty downbeat ending to 2022 uh, based on 4Q22 reporting. I think uh, when we look at our coverage numbers, uh, you know, earnings for our coverage was down uh, 8% uh, year on year uh, and 4% quarter on quarter. And I think, uh, you know, the big drags, there are two sectors which stood out as being quite big drags. One was gloves, uh, where, you know, we had the sector turning loft making uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, and the other was petrochemicals, where you know PCAM, Lotte Chemicals, uh, really underperformed uh, in terms of earnings delivery. But we also had uh, some of the other big cap sectors like telcos, uh, utilities, also seeing double-digit earnings uh, declines uh, quarter and quarter. So that was a bit of a drag. So that's the bad news. Uh, the good news is we did see quite a lot of outperformance in the sort of the mid-cap sectors, uh, not so well represented in the KLCI, uh, but you know of significant uh, investor interest, uh, property. Uh, you know, uh, oil and gas, uh, consumer, REITs, uh, auto uh, were the kind of sectors which outperformed. And that's really sort of tagging on to the uh, economic reopening thematic. And Anand, post this results season and tabling of the budget, generally, what are the corporates saying about their outlook and key risks for the rest of this year? Yeah, I think when we started out doing our rounds uh, at the start of the year with corporates, uh, you know, to sort of gauge uh, their sentiment, it was cautiously optimistic uh, following the change in government. And I think uh, Budget 2023, the retabled one, hasn't really uh, changed that dynamic. They remain uh, sort of uh, positively biased uh, because I think if you look at Budget 2023, uh, their worst nightmare, sort of uh, Mark Mod 2.0, <clears throat> did not uh, crystallize. Uh, but I think uh, they were also quite quite happy with the government's commitment to bringing the fiscal deficit down uh, in a more expedited manner. Because uh, clearly, if the government uh, you know has less need f- uh, for uh, fiscal deficit funding, there's less risk to the corporate sector. Having said all that, you know, the sentiment is cautiously optimistic, but nobody's really pushing the button. And you guys you know touched on this earlier with uh, the KLCI here today underperformance. Uh, everyone's just watching to see what the next catalyst will be for the market. Uh, nothing seems to be apparent at this point in time. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about feedback from uh, institutional investors, especially the foreign ones, because I think 
that's probably going to be one catalyst for a re-rating on Bursa Malaysia. What's their feedback been on budget and Malaysia's equity outlook? Okay, so the news on that front is not great. I think if you look at January, February, uh, foreign flows uh, for the Malaysian equity market, they've been negative. So February saw the sixth straight month of net selling by foreigners and, the, and their participation volumes are, are quite low. So in terms of focus, Malaysia is not really their focus right now, uh, either in terms of the region or, or within ASEAN. I think uh, you know, they realize that we have a new government and you know, we could see some interesting policies down the road. But they're also aware of some risks, uh, in particular in terms of uh, you know, upcoming state elections. You have the AMNO elections as well, uh, I guess, uh, later this week or next week, uh, and state elections middle of the year. I think they really want to see this government settle in uh, and, and show staying power and good policy-making uh, momentum uh, before they take a closer look at Malaysia. So personally, my view is uh, it'll be a relatively quiet first half for the KLCI, but things could get more interesting post-state elections uh, into the second half. And Anand, what are some of the key themes for the Malaysian equity market this year? What can investors look forward to? Yeah, so, you know, our big hope, and I've spoken about this on your show many, many times, given we have a reformist government uh, in power now, uh, my hopes have increased, uh, is really GLC reform. Uh, so, you know, that's something I think the government did not touch on uh, in the budget. But perhaps we'll see some traction on that uh, further down the road, uh, you know, as we look to raise the performance of uh, the GLCs. And, and, you know, that's got a political angle as well, because obviously the better uh, that GLCs do, uh, the better that the Glicks will do. And the ability to pay out you know, to their, to their uh, stakeholders will be increased as well. So that's good for politics. So hopefully they see this dynamic and GLC reforms come back, comes back onto the table. And that will be a big excitement uh, for the KLCI. Some other thematics, uh, yield, uh, definitely a, a big thematic, I think, uh, still. Uh, you know, many stocks, especially in 4Q22 reporting, did raise their dividend payout ratios. Just goes to show you there's a lot of balance sheet slack out there uh, and you know, corporates are more willing to return uh, funding. So our dividend portfolio, the average yield is now about 7% uh, compared to the market average of 4% plus. So there's plenty of yield stocks. Uh, and the third thematic will be ESG, I think. Uh, I think uh, you know, sustainability, we have a lot of clients who are asking more and more uh, in terms of ESG uh, uh, factors and inputs uh, for them to consider when investing. So I think uh, that's something we have to keep in mind as well. Have you changed any of your overweight and underweight sector calls post these four, uh, four Q results? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it's been a relatively negative bias uh, to our changes in, in sector calls. So, you know, one big sector where we sort of uh, downgraded the view uh, is, is petrochems. Uh, so that's gone from uh, sort of uh, overweight to, to basically underweight. Uh, and some other sectors as well, which we were uh, sort of more new, uh, sort of more optimistic on before we've moved to our neutral column. One is renewables. Uh, that's a combination of earnings, not quite meeting expectations, but also some our performance in terms of uh, share price movements in in January. Um, probably another one would be uh, plantations uh, as well. Uh, I think uh, we do have quite a negative CPO price outlook for 2023. Uh, closer to 3,400 per ton. So we do see some pretty steep earnings declines in that sector uh, this year. So difficult to be optimistic there. Yeah. And then after digesting the fourth quarter numbers, what is your projected earnings growth for 2023 and what sectors will be growing the fastest? 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, having said all that negative stuff, we are still looking at double-digit earnings growth in 2023 on a headline basis. Uh, so, uh, and that's really quite a lot to do with the fact that Chukai Makmo is not being repeated in 2023. So you're working off a relatively low base of 2022. But also, uh, to be fair, uh, we are seeing, you know, sort of organic growth uh, for most of the big cap sectors, uh, as well as mid-cap sectors in, in 2023 tagging on to continued uh, economic growth. So for KLCI uh, earnings growth, we're looking at about 12% uh, for 2023 now. Uh, it is a downgrade from what it was uh, before the 4Q reporting season. Uh, we were thinking 15% at that point in time. So that reflects some some downward revisions to our earnings forecast uh, across various sectors. Mm. Uh, and yeah, and then into 2024, we think a, a more normalized uh, 7% is, is what it, we, we, are, we are looking at. So, very quickly, what is your KLCI target and your top buys and sells for the market then? Sure. So, our KLCI target hasn't changed since our 2023 strategy was published in January. So, it's still 1660, quite punchy, about 15% upside from where we are right now. But to be honest, we didn't really expect much in the first half of the KLCI, given that you know uh, we, we're still seeing the government settle in. And the global inflation interest rate dynamic is still very volatile, uh, as your previous guest has, has also alluded to. So I think we're talking more about second-half performance. Uh, and that will have the benefit of getting past the state elections as well, which are on the radar screens of some investors uh, as, a, uh, as a sort of a concern. Uh, so uh, that's about 14 times forward PER at 1660, which is uh, fairly reasonable on a historical basis. Uh, in terms of sectors we like, uh, I think uh, you know we are still overweight um, the uh, financial sector. So some of the stocks we like there uh, would be uh, something like Hong Leong Bank, uh, also uh, RHB uh, for the uh, dividend yield uh, angle as well. Uh, some other sectors, um, auto, auto, uh, we think uh, you know the order backlog mm. and the shift to EV. Uh, quite interesting drivers, uh, so stuff like uh, B Auto, MBM, as I mentioned before, uh, one of the highest yielding stocks uh, in our coverage right now, 9% cash yield. Uh, we also like um, the tourism place, uh, Capital A, uh, Genting Group uh, and Genting Malaysia. Uh, uh, technology, of course, uh, in the semicon space, Inari, uh, Great Tech and Frontcan are our top picks. Uh, and finally, large cap oil and gas. Uh, I think Yinsen, uh, one of our favorite picks uh, in terms of undervaluation as well as uh, transitioning uh, to sort of low carbon assets mm. uh, and dialogue. Uh, big underperformer dialogue for the last year and a half. You could classify it as a fallen angel, actually. Uh, but we do see uh, the ability to monetize Pangarang Phase 3 picking up this year. So uh -huh. that's one stock where we would have some visible catalysts. Okay, thank you so much for your time. That was Anand Padmakaran, head, Regional Head of Research at Maybank Investment Bank. Up next, we've got Pressing Matters, where Philip C. speaks to Shannon Teo, Malaysia Bureau Chief at Singapore Straits Times on the revised budget 2023. That's happening after the 9.30am news bulletin. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.